Hello everyone, it's Elle Wilson here and welcome to another issue of Beauty and Business. I'm with the beautiful Toby Wilson, talented and um, many, many things, let me just say. Hi beautiful Elle. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be with you Toby and I think that for our audience this week we're going to have something very exciting that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about change. And, and I think that one of the things that is very difficult for human beings is change, isn't it? It doesn't matter how much we might say that we like change. In some areas of our lives, we really resist it and we, we don't like it. Well, we start to feel uncomfortable or, uh, you know, we have a, supposedly, you know, we think that we've done something wrong or we've made a mistake. And I think I've that... Actually, I've actually, I've got a story about that. Tell, tell us. That just came to mind just then. I remember years and years ago when we had a um, big two-storey beauty salon um, in Melbourne, Australia, and after we'd, we'd sold it, we did a renovation and we grew it and then we sold it, um, probably, what was it, it was probably 12 months or 18 months later, we spoke with uh, a previous client um, of, of the salon, we just bumped into them and said, how's it going? Um, um, you know, what's happened to the salon because we didn't know and it being our previous business, it's interesting to find out how it's going, what's happened and so on. And I remember the, the lady or the, the client of ours saying that um, started on with a list of complaints like, oh, I, you know, they stopped doing this and this and this and gave all of these complaints to us and we said, oh, okay, well, gee, that's a really, you know, it's a real shame to hear. Where are you, where are you going now instead? And she said, oh, no, 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 I, I still go there. Oh, but, um, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but And we sort of looked and we, we sort of a little bit confused and, and said, what do you mean, what do you mean you still go there? I thought there were all these problems. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but it's just, you know, it's easy and... And it just goes to show, it just goes to illustrate the principle of how when something, be, something becomes familiar, we tend to, as humans, quite often fall into and it's an easy path to stay with what's familiar and change. Like how easy is it to pick up the phone and call another salon and go in and make an appointment there? But for 12 or 18 months, she kept on going back despite all the problems she was having just because it was, there was just an ease. It was just familiar to her. This is, that's, this is a it's great It's definitely topic. resisting change, right? Yeah, but it's also, I think, you know, when you think of the beauty industry, we do get a few chances because, because we're so intimate with our clients and we create like a level of intimacy whether we like it or not because we're working so close to them. We're like inside of their energy, you know, their, their inner space, their energetic field almost, mm -hmm. that uh, it breaks down. Intimacy sort of happens whether we like it or not. So I think that um, that's always hard for people to actually go and do that again, you know. So I guess our client, she had to do it with the new owner because we left and, and possibly it's also very unconscious you know, there's, there's an unconsciousness about that where you, you don't really know why you keep going back. You just go because it's just sort of almost like you've broken down that barrier and you're there now, mm. even if you're not 100% happy. So I think in a way with the beauty industry, we get a few chances because of that, but we don't get chances all the time. And it's very important to bring in, you know, high levels of consistency, 
and really high quality services, products, you know, to, to build a brand, that's completely, like, that's essential. It also just points toward, and I don't want to get off the topic, but it, um, uh, that particular story and, and, and principle points toward the understanding what um, you can afford to do or spend to acquire a new client. In terms of setting a budget as to how much you can afford, your business can afford to spend um, to bring in a new client, you really need to look at that lifetime value. You know, this is such a big topic and we've been speaking about this specifically the last two weeks in our business with uh, Live With Elle, which is one of, as you would know, Toby and our audience may not know, inside of our Brow community, our Brow family, mm-hmm. we run a business class every single week for our licensees, our salons that uh, represent True Brow. And uh, we, we've been speaking about this, and I know the girls would love to hear your take on this because this is this is where you're very familiar with all of these ideas. And we were speaking about referrals, and we've spent two weeks speaking about referrals, especially around Christmas time, because that's when we get that influx of of clients. We get so many clients in at that time, so it's a very very powerful time to use for referrals. But if we don't really understand our lifetime value of every you know on average of our clients we can't make these decisions around referrals we can't give that killer offer we can't give that you know that killer piece of value that uh, is going to get new people in through our door so can you tell us a little bit more for our audience and of course for our community because i'm definitely going to be sharing this with them um, about the lifetime value um, of a client and uh, and just expand on that because i'd love to hear your thoughts and i know that our audience will too Sure. Well, if we're talking about referrals, that's obviously a lead generation mechanism. We're looking at acquiring new clients. We're looking at generating leads and then converting those leads. Um, in that, there's, there's several factors when looking at the, the particular metrics and dynamics within any given business because it will. there's obviously averages across the industry, but there'll also be um, specific metrics as, as it relates to specific salons. So each business has their own set of metrics. So the first the first metric in that to look at is the the average um, unit of sale that a new lead converts to initially. Right. So the first time you get new business in, how much money, what's the average unit of sale? What's what's the revenue for that transaction as it comes in? And obviously the reason that it's average is because it's going to be different for each person potentially. So when we take an average, we're getting a representation of the business itself as opposed to the channel of an individual client as one individual client comes in. So one client may come in and spend $100. Another client may come in and spend $150. Another client may spend $250. So each of those specific um, transaction values is specific to each customer, but then when we add them together and and divide that number by the number of clients, we achieve the average. And that average is a representation of, of your business performance, so how your, your actual business is performing on that particular front. So when we're dealing with... Does that make sense? Yes, yes. So when we're dealing with um, acquiring new clients and we're looking at whether we do it, let's say we do it via referral, 
and we think, well, what can we afford to do or spend in order to acquire a new client? You cannot answer that question unless you're, you have a perspective and an understanding and a grasp on how your business performs on multiple metrics. So the first one is the average transaction value when a new client enters your business. The next one is the lifetime value. So the lifetime residual value of a client is a combination of not only all of the um, individual transactions, um, it's not only adding all of those up, but it's looking at the frequency of purchase. So on average, does someone come in to see you every two weeks or every two months? On average, does someone, um, a client stay with you for 10 months or two years? What's the average? And um, most salons have got software where they can run the reports and it should be, they should have those reports set up and should be automatically tracking. So you're saying Some that st- that's a very important... Um, it's a critically important thing because yes. unless you know, you may have one client who, um, in terms of customer attrition, which is the falling off of customers, if you have um, uh, one client that comes twice and then you never see again, and then you have another client who stays for a year and a half, and then you have another client that stays for eight months, and then you have another client. Like, all of your clients stay with you for, um, and some clients seemingly stay forever, right? Um, When the greater clarity that you can get on how your business operates and performs on that metric, you can do two things. It grants you two luxuries. One luxury is that you can actively work on augmenting or improving that metric and you know whether you've effectively done so or not. That's so powerful. Because you're measuring it, it, right? If you're not measuring it, how can you... You can't manage what what you can't measure, what you don't measure. So, yeah, that's that's the first thing. You can actually gauge how an activity or uh, a business growth initiative has performed based on the knowledge of actual data, not on feeling and ideas and, wow, I had, you know... This many clients that I hadn't seen for a while, I must be doing this, but over the span of, you know, potentially 1,500 clients in a salon, um, how do you know how that's, how, how that's performing unless you've got that snapshot across your business? Now, so that's the first thing. The second luxury that it gives you is the ability to have a grasp on how much your business can afford to spend to acquire a new client. Is, it, is, is, is $15 cheap or expensive to acquire a new client? Is $50 cheap or expensive to acquire a new client? Is $150 cheap or expensive as a marketing um, metric to acquire a client? If it costs you for a new client $150, is that cheap or expensive? You don't know. You can't answer that question unless you understand the metrics within your business, unless you understand what the return on that investment is. And then, of course, you know you know what you can give away when it comes to referrals. I mean, that's you know, precisely the point. Exactly. It, then you know that's right. what you can and can't afford to do. Otherwise, you're just shooting in the dark. You don't know whether you're throwing money down the drain or whether you're spending it really wisely. You may. It may cost you $150 to acquire a new client. That may be an absolute bargain for your business. Or you may be throwing money down the drain. 
So Unless you know your metrics, how do you right. know that? So these, all of these things are really, really, really important, aren't they? And so let me ask you something. I mean, for some people, this is just, a, you know, like it's they understand this. They they could have a financial advisor, a fantastic accountant, or uh, someone that they're working with to actually get all these numbers. Well, they I'd could just have say, the software. Yeah, I'd just say that I think it's a bit of a misconception that accountants sort of give um, advice on 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 marketing metrics and measurement of that. Um, I remember years and years ago, I thought that I thought shouldn't an accountant be doing this? Like it's numbers, right? It's your business. Now s- some accountants may, you know, the creative accountants, the savvy ones, and we so like on. We like those ones. But yeah, a standard a, st- a standard tax accountant just doesn't report on that. No, on of that. course not. They just don't not. do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's an entrepreneurial activity and it's a marketing function rather than a f- um, a, um, a finance function. Finance sure. is more profit and loss, balance sheet, bookkeeping, you know. And I think that, you know, I remember when we had our salon, I remember saying often to, you know, we've really got to find an account that works for us and that, mm. that thinks outside of the box because they do exist and we, we've had some beautiful people, amazing, talented people that we've worked with over the years. But um, so if someone wanted to work out all these figures and they didn't have the software platforms because some of these girls are just, our audience are just starting out or they're even thinking about growing a business and they haven't even begun. You can do it manually. But where would they go? What sort of person would they go looking for? I mean, if they were to just go, right, I want to I want to find this out today. I want today's the day that I'm going to find the person that's going to help me work that out. If that's the takeaway from today, um, apart from all mm-hmm. the other wonderful information you've shared, you know, where would, who would they go to? Um, and I'm not asking for a person, but what sort of a person would be able to support them in this and help them, do you think? Would they go and look for, maybe even ask their accountant if they have a contact that could help them with it? Is it a marketing person, a financial advisor? Who would... Yeah, is it, it's is it not, good? in all honesty, it's not, it's, it's not so much, it's, um, even though it's regarding metrics and finances and everything like that, it's not so much a financial function. It's a marketing function in a business. So, so can I just yep. interrupt you? So would you say that to have a, a software, even for home salon owners, girls that are really um, building their businesses but slowly, some of them have got kids and they're not, you know, like bouncing off the walls to, to, you know, to go and open up massive salons this year but the following year they might be. So what they're doing this year is very, very important for that time where they want to leave their homes and actually they're ready to expand. Um, would you say then that for those people to have a software installed, like something that they're working with every day, even if right now they're even just in their home salons, that gives them these these figures, they can they can um, report on. Would you say that that would have that would be important? It it to me it really depends on the size of the salon. People have home salons that are. Are, um, are more elaborate and, and, and larger turnover than a commercial storefront salon, you know, these days. There's, there's, there's varying things. For a... The first thing I would say is that regarding the software, um, software itself is often um, not quite enough because you get a powerful piece of software and you sit there and it does 250 different reports. You don't know which ones to look at. You're not going to go looking at you know, 250 reports every week or month or whatever you do. So so I think a lot of people can get this really powerful software system and then sit and sort of look through all the features and the menus and the reports and think, what's this? How do I get this? And so on. So the first step is to know what you want. 
is to know the outcome, the goal that you're trying to achieve, to know the figure that you're trying to get to. That's, that's the first step. Once you get that clarity, then you can look at how you're going to go about getting it. Now, in terms of the salon size, a smaller salon depends on what their goals are. If their goals are to build and grow and get into a bigger salon and have teams and, um, and so on, then if, if they're at a fairly low size, I probably wouldn't spend my time even worrying about these metrics because they're not big enough. They're, they're in the stage of the business where they just want to run as fast as they can towards growth. <laughs> That's what they want to do. They just want to bring in more clients, more money, more money, more money, get busy, 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 busy. Because until you've got something to manage, you're sort of setting up and preparing, you're spending your time doing that rather than um, actually getting money into the till. So now, when you but it depends on size, right? right? So like someone's starting out, are they starting out uh, where they're going to have maybe um, four or five clients and they'll do them over two days on a Thursday and Friday yeah, while the kids are in? You know, that's that. one yeah. you know, type of What sort of size are you... Are you saying is is should be focusing more on just building, building, building? Like, are you talking about a startup type of arrangement? Right. Like, you know, someone may have may may be um, someone who's just not busy. If someone's not busy, then they need to get busy. So next week, I think we're going to pick your brains on how to get more clients in the door if you're in that situation or any situation whatsoever. Like, everyone wants more clients. Oh, well, we could pick your brains regarding that. All right. Well, we'll pick each other's <laughs> brains. How about that? So, um, so, so uh, going back to, is there a person that you think, or can the girls do it even themselves? Is it something that you know you can go online and 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 actually put in? You know, how do I find out what my, you know, the lifetime value of my customer is? Is there a formula that they? Okay. Can let use? me let me let me tell you right now quickly. Yep. Right. Very right. quickly. So the first metric you could measure is the cost for a lead. Right? What does it cost you to generate a and lead? And how do they do that? Well, if I spend $200 on Facebook advertising, um, I want to do that in a way where I'm able to track the response rate. Sort of too much to go into now. But when the phone rings um, and I get um, um, you know, 10 calls, well, it's cost me $20 per lead. So I know a metric off that particular campaign. Right? So that Facebook campaign, I spent $200 i got 10 calls, so it's 10 cost, calls, 10 it cost me, sorry? So 10 appointments. Phone calls. Right, calls, yeah, yep. yeah leads. Yep. Maybe I'm offering a, a free consultation for something or a free mini makeover of something or whatever it is. Um, you, you measure the lead, you got the lead. So then you've got, from there, you've got, well, what's the conversion ratio? What's the ratio of, from all of those leads that I just got, how many of those converted into sales, right? How many booked an appointment, paid me money? How many handed their credit card or paid me cash, right? So that from that, you can then determine the cost per sale because now, now you've gone past the lead stage and you're then at the sales stage, right? So let's say, for example, um, we had 10 calls, we said, um, and then we had... Um, you know, say, say two of them booked an appointment, right? Well, the cost and, and paid us money. Well, the cost per sale would be what? We got two sales. What do we spend? We spend $200 on advertising. So that's $100 it cost us per sale. It's just cost us $100 to acquire a new client. Now, that's for that particular um, 
campaign, that that $200 campaign, <laughs> obviously a low budget, $200, um, on Facebook. Um, it might be a lot for and some then, girls. Well, it could be. You can generate a lot of money with $200 on mm-hmm. Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but so we've got the cost per lead, the conversion ratio. So of the phone calls that we got, did we convert 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%, 60%? What was the conversion ratio? The cost per sale. Right? The average transaction, as we said before, um, of acquiring a new client and then, as we said, the residual value of a client. So in, in, in terms of the mathematical formulas, if someone's listening and they're not good at mathematics um, and they're just confused by what an average is and what a ratio is and all of these sort of crazy things, um, just find someone in your life who, who knows maths and just say, can you listen to this and explain to me? Because anyone who's done, you know, maths and is com- comfortable with numbers will listen to what I'm saying and they'll say, I ca- you know, I can get a calculator and calculate that for you. The, so, um, the American girls so, are going to be a bit confused when we say maths we, and they say maths. Oh, did they say math and we say maths? Yes. Is that right? Sorry about that, guys. I didn't that, even know that. That's actually what Mathematics. we're Mathematics. Numbers. That's what we're talking numbers. about. Numbers. Let's yeah. talk about numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I would recommend if anyone wants to start looking at this and measuring this, um, simply find your, your long-lost great uncle or auntie or something brother. who or brother husband. or husband or son or daughter or whoever it is that, you know, there's always someone around that's just got that that techie, you know, analytical math type brain. Someone like you. Just sit down with them. <laughs> someone who's a little bit socially awkward and, you know, sort of sits there and just likes to count Aww. numbers in their head. And, is that what um, we're saying? That <laughs> maths? Oh, Toby. Oh, I'm, well, I'm saying, it's, you know, it's like me, right? That's sort of... <laughs> Anyway, it's that nerdy sort of type. Anyway, um, yeah, just just speak to them and just say, look, I'm trying to get a handle on this. And if they sit down with a pen and paper, it's really just simple division and multiplication and, and addition. And there's what about no, the lifetime? You can no, go into the lifetime value. Well, it's basically adding up all of the transactions that a single client has. Uh, or what you could do, here's, here's an easy way to do it. Add up your entire business revenue and divide it by the number of clients. That's just you too know, good, isn't it? But, you know, past and present, like or over, over that period. So that gives you the, the, um, the average lifetime value. Awesome. That's it. So that's what I'm saying. It's not that hard. But it's I, I guess it's, it's really lovely when you explain it. It's, it's really helpful, I should say, when you explain it like that because then we can just get out, you know, everyone can get the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're yeah. talking I to our I get it, I get it. And it's hard over audio as well because we haven't got a pen and paper or a you know, whiteboard to draw but, but also I think we've got such a widespread audience. You know, mm-hmm. we've got girls that are in that, like, just beginning. There's girls that are doing extremely well, girls that are just, you know, absolutely, you know, expanding and having to... Yeah, and then we've got multiple salon owners with their software systems all set up and they'd be measuring their rebooking ratios and their, you know, service-to-product ratio of sales. And, And of course, for someone like that, it's essential. And and most salons do that now at that level because of the fact that there is just so many people out there supporting and helping, you know, the salon owner to actually, Mm. you know, advance and grow. So, you know, they have to do it, really. Yeah, conceptualising that first is so important because it isolates your thinking. If you're thinking about your business and it's all blurry and, and you're not sure what to do, 
well, what if you could just focus on one thing? And to do that, you just focus on one single metric. So let's say you just wanted to focus on your average unit of sale in your business, the average transaction value. Each, on average, each time you run a sale through the till, how much is that? If you just think about ways to improve that, not get new clients, not have them come back more often, none of that, forget about all that and just think about how to increase the average unit of sale, your whole mind comes into focus and you think, wow, that's something clear I can think about. I think actually, in fact, that is like, what did we say we would talk about next week? I thought we said... We said this week we were going to talk about change, which we really sort of didn't, did we? Well, we changed our mind. That's what we did. See, See, that's the thing about being entrepreneurial. You've got to be open to change. That's correct. Isn't that beautiful? We just, yes, we just just went with the flow. (laughs) This is what we were trying to do, actually, from the beginning, just to, to bring Let's that point up. Let's do it next up. week no. or, or another week. <laughs> but I think that, you know, what you just said then is really exciting to me, is the focus, is, is focusing on one of these metrics. Focusing is said? everything. If you know in business how to focus your mind through the correct understanding and the correct questions, it's things become easy. Your thinking becomes easy. Things are less confusing because you're not mixing things and muddling them. And so can we talk about that next week? Let's. Are you going to remember? Am I going to remember with all of the things we no, have to do? No, I'm not. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> so this is very, our audience has enormous confidence in us now. Because we're not <laughs> so what if we, we promise you, we're going to go and write it down. We're actually going to literally write down what we're going to talk about next week. We're going to come back and we're going to speak about the focus and fo- how you use your mind, because I know you use it extremely powerfully. You really do. <laughs> you do. You do. And I'm this flighty, all over the place, creative, you know, like thing. Actually, you're very creative too, in fact. But I, I want to, um, I want us to, to speak about how the girls can actually do that. And even while they're having a few days off over the after the Christmas season, they might go back to that particular one that we're going to do next week, unless we change <laughs> our minds. And, uh, and they can even reflect on that because I think that's a very powerful tool to take into a new mm. year. Oh, so, so important. The to one be able that you're going to talk mind. about next week that we're yeah. not going to forget about, that okay. we're going to remember and not change. Thank you, everybody, so much. I think this has been so informative. Love sitting here and talking with you. Love Absolutely. With you. Love it so much um, having this time. And thank you, everyone. And we're going to be back next week. Take care. Thanks. Have, stay Bye. safe. Bye.